Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Health Ignited with Dr. Sonia Jensen and myself. How are you today? Good. Good. Uh, hopefully you guys are good as well. Uh, we're so grateful that you're here, staying tuned with this information. And hopefully you're learning some stuff and so grateful that you're commenting and sharing and liking everything that we're, we're putting out there because we know that this information absolutely has a huge impact on your health because it's all to do with relationships, or hormones, our vitality, our strength, and endurance, and what that means for our health span, and how how do we do this navigating parenthood and mm. work and just life in general? So uh, please continue to to support this channel. And uh, so today we're going to dive into sort of put a little bow on testosterone. We've talked a lot about it over this past a month. Lot. A lot. We feel like we just really drilled into so much. And um, so, but on this conversation, we really want to round out this whole discussion around how does testosterone really impact us on a daily basis? And just because a lab level might be low, you know, what are some other interfering factors? And mm -hmm. we've highlighted those before, but there's definitely ways to dive deeper to really know what the interference is. Yeah, yeah. The last podcast we talked a lot about environment and how there's so many different influences that will create an environment where you're either absorbing your nutrients and your hormones, or you're not. And so it's so important to look at all the different factors that will influence your hormones because then it's those hormones and how they're communicating that will then influence how you're navigating life, parenthood, your career, your relationships, all of it. So when we can understand like on a micro level and a macro level, then we can put the pieces of the puzzle together that actually fit us as yeah. an individual. Because our hormones are really, they're, they're a dance and they're in a symphony of many different things, yeah. right? So testosterone never just operates on its own. It's operating in, in relationship to the other hormones like estrogen, progesterone, but also the neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. uh, and then like our stress hormones and our, you know, the, the adrenal hormones. Um, and so it's, it's it always has to be taken in context with everything else. And I think that where we get stuck with, with ourselves, because we have many people that come and say, hey, I must be low testosterone because I'm feeling A, B, C, D, E. Mm -hmm. Great, let's take a look at that hormone. And then while we're you know working on helping to support that person with that particular hormone, let's say, um, let's investigate these other things. Mm -hmm. Let's also take a look at your inflammatory markers, some of these other things that could be going on. Yeah. So outside, of, and we've talked a lot about Dutch testing, so dry urine hormone testing. Um, what are some of the other tests that you might want to look at to yeah. identify some of these other factors that need to be uh, talked about? Yeah, so the main reason why testosterone comes up for women often, I'll speak from that lens, is the low libido piece. So when they see on their Dutch test and their blood work that, oh wait, it's actually doing okay, it's not low testosterone, sometimes there is a hint of like disappointment or like, you know, they were really looking for an answer to how they're feeling. So this is where the education around the environment then comes in and some of the factors that will influence your body's ability to use the testosterone. So like what kind of inflammation is going around your cells that's not allowing the testosterone to actually come in to create that um, 
impact or that effect. So we'll look at like heavy metal testing, we'll look at nutrient testing to see mm -hmm. like what is it that's blocking that conversation, that's blocking those receptors so that testosterone can't bind. And so when we start to investigate a little bit more further into like the upstream causes, because we have to remember that hormones are an effect, they're not a cause, they're just, they're responding to the environment. So then when we can see, okay, what's creating this like sticky environment? Is it heavy metals? Is it fungus? Is it an inf a chronic infection that you've had in your body that maybe you don't know of? It just creates more insight into this idea that, okay, it's not just this one thing that I should focus on. It's everything. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about heavy metals specifically. Yeah. So very common test we run. We've talked about SHBG a ton of times, but sex hormone binding globulin, is invoked in your liver as a response to a toxic overwhelm. Could be uh, environmental estrogen, could be excess stress hormone, uh, but definitely it's being contributed to uh, with with toxins, specifically heavy metals. So, a heavy metal test is basically a urine test. Mm -hmm. You capture first morning urine, and then you're taking a provoking agent and collecting urine for six hours after that provoking agent. It could be an IV with EDTA, it could be oral DMSA, some specific chelating agent. And then you're getting these two samples, one first morning in the first morning urine, and then the second one with this provoking agent. And what we see categorically is many, many people, especially with a higher SHBG, have high amounts of lead, mercury, cadmium, arsenic, aluminum, I've seen uranium, thallium, thallium mm -hmm. I've seen uranium high, nickel, you know, and all of these things are bioaccumulating. And so Sonny mentioned that these things actually blunt the receptors for where these hormones bind and communicate to our cells. And so where do toxins go? They go to fat. Mm -hmm. Where's the fat? It's in your cell membrane. And as that cell membrane accumulates, I say it's like it turns them into raisins, they get contracted. And so that affects how that hormone can actually communicate to the cell and then communicate to the mitochondria. Yeah. So that's, that's a really important test to look at. Mm -hmm. And that's why. It's because it's actually affecting the communication, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to go for a little bit further into heavy metals, we could probably do a whole <laughs> podcast on it. It's like you might think, well, I don't, I don't have any, but really they're, they're in our environment. They're in the soil. They're in our everyday things that we utilize. So some big things that you might want to um, investigate in your own body is like, one, have I had you know, mercury fillings in my mouth. Um, lead can be from the products that we get from overseas. So paint- Or in our water. Or in our water, yeah. yeah. So the paint in Canada, I know in the 80s, um, there was more restrictions on lead, but there's lots of things that come from different countries where there are no restrictions around lead and we're still using, like little kids are chewing on their plastic toys that have paint on them that has lead in it. So there's also the cosmetic industry. So we've talked about estrogen, being a problem in the cosmetic industry and these hormone disruptors, but if you're putting on that red lipstick, you have a high amounts of lead on your lips that are porous and that you know you're, it's going into your system. So there can be this cumulative effect and then there's like generational because they get stored or bioaccumulated in your tissue, your bones, your fat tissue, your nerve tissue. When a mom is pregnant, these things are coming out of our tissue, crossing the placenta, and then it's accumulating in the fetus too. Yeah, and and we there's actually a, a University of Calgary, I believe it was, that showed a, a functional MRI imaging, so mm -hmm. showing real time exposure of neurons to mm -hmm. mercury, and yeah. it, it was literally like. 
just eating away at those neurons. You can uh, YouTube it. Yeah, you can YouTube mm -hmm. it. And it's it's worth taking a look at just to show the presence of the this chemical, specifically they, they looked at mercury. Mm -hmm. I think they even compared it to a couple other metals, but it was mercury that was clearly the, the most damaging to the neurons. And so, you know, we're seeing rises in, we as in like research and epidemiology, seeing rises in Alzheimer's, dementia, and all sorts of, you know, other chronic illnesses, cancer, many other things. And not that there's one thing, like we hopefully we've said this many times, but it's this accumulation of many different things that are propagating, you know, chronic disease. And so, yeah, looking and understanding our, what I like to call a total body burden. We reference heavy metals, but there's also forever chemicals. Like we yeah. talk often about soccer fields, yeah. right, with our boys. Yeah, which, I mean, again, it's so hard to avoid this. So yeah. they're all about soccer, but they're on the turf. Yeah. Not all the time. So like we have to do a better job now as parents to make sure that they're detoxing yeah. and then lessening the load by the things that we can control. So we can't control that necessarily right now, yeah. but we can control somewhat what they're eating and what they're being exposed to at home, their environment as much as possible. So there's other things that we can do to help support the body so it's not accumulating these. Yeah, yeah. And we can teach them and help them detox, right? Yeah. Most specifically. So that, that's one of the tests. I mean, like you said, we could do a whole podcast just on that. But another one that's related to the metals is a micronutrient panel. Mm -hmm. So one of the micronutrient panels we do looks at um, mitochondrial health. So all of the micronutrients that are needed in order for mitochondria to run properly. It uh, looks at toxicity load. It looks at something called organic acids, which I know you run a lot. It looks at just the core vitamins, minerals, uh, essential fatty acids, amino acids. It's kind of like hey, based on what you've been doing over the last six to eight months or a year, this is your status of nutrient um, uh, density and all these different areas of things that we need to get through our diet or through supplementation. And when we can know more specifically what we're deficient in, obviously we can target that. And so micronutrient testing is hugely valuable. And it turns out, you know, a big reason why we have micronutrient deficiencies is because we know soil depletion, so just... The quality of the soil that the food is grown in, um, the time it takes to go from garden, say, or f or if your animal protein to actually your plate, you're, there's going to be deterioration in the quality yeah. of those ingredients. So there's many different reasons, as as well as you know accumulation of toxicity that's going to cause depletion in our minerals or in our vitamins, our mitochondrial health, our accumulation of toxins. Um, so all of these things are a factor in here. Mm -hmm. And we've talked before about like which minerals um, or micronutrients influence different hormones like estrogen and copper. They work together, you know, progesterone and zinc works together, selenium for your thyroid hormones. So we were talking about the heavy metals and we know that mercury has an affinity for selenium. So if it's binding that up, that's now going to influence the thyroid, which we haven't really talked a lot about, which I'm sure we will in the future, but she's like the queen mm -hmm. of the hormone system. So. Um, these other things, these upstream things are so important to look at because we can be taking the hormones, we can be doing the right things, but we don't have the, if we don't have the cofactors like the zinc, the copper, the magnesium, the manganese, all of these, we're still not going to get those optimal results. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So other, other tests, one other one that we can talk about, we talk about lots of other tests, mm -hmm. um, but one is just like looking at your gut health, you know, you're, you can do so. You can do a full microbiome analysis. Uh, look at how you're breaking down your fats, proteins, carbohydrates. You can look at for for opportunistic infections like fungus, virus, bacteria, uh, parasite. 
Um, and so this is a stool test that we often run in order to get a full diagnostic workup at, at all of that, including inflammatory markers and basically the tissue health um, in your digestive tract, which tells us a tremendous amount of information about how we're just dealing with our environmental burden, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so the gut health is huge. And I know, again, we've talked about this before, but without being able to digest and really absorb the nutrients from your food, we're not going to get those cofactors that we were just talking about. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully this gives you an idea of some of these other areas that we're looking at uh, when we're addressing hormones. And like I said, sometimes we just start by supporting the hormonal system while we're taking care of everything else. And there's feedback, support, when you're you know, improving nutrition or you're improving your micronutrient deficiencies or you're improving your gut health or you're improving your exercise, you're improving you know, your cognition. Uh, so, and that supports everything. You know, yeah. it's like, it's time. This is what we say time is a big part of the medicine. It's, it's you know, applying you know, some support in a specific area and then moving to the next thing and moving to the next thing, you know, uh, moving to the towards greater health is really like peeling the layers of an onion. Yeah, like the top layer is the, the symptoms you might be experiencing with like fatigue or the low libido or the, the low motivation. But as you start to investigate a little bit further, you start to realize this didn't just start today. It's from that accumulative effect from our environment and how that has then changed even our personality. Like some people, really we do see how they change in their personality and what they identify with in regards to who they are as they're healing because we create so many stories and get really stuck in a certain way when the body is just it's just chaotic inside like it's there's so much noise in there that we can't even access like who we actually are yeah yeah, I love that you brought that up because that kind of brings into the next conversation of how this impacts relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we're, we're bioaccumulating all the time and, and our organ systems are adapting to the, the new state of inflammation in the body, I like to say often like the state of inflammation in our brain is really going to state the quality of the things that we think about. Yeah. And the questions that we ask ourselves, like to, yeah. to use some of Tony Robbins, you know, quote, uh, that inflammatory load is going to dictate our behavior. Yeah. You know, it's going to dictate our relationships and how we show up for one another, because we can be dealing with all these internal stressors, and we can make that about the other person because we haven't actually identified that within. Yeah, because right? such an ad agitation within the body. So we, I'm sure we've all experienced when we haven't slept well, like I did last night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, your day starts differently than when you have slept well. So imagine like your cells having to like overwork and feel overwhelmed every single day because of this like extra load that it's carrying and trying to do its best to serve you. So this is the thing that I, th I think about the body that we get confused around when it's not providing what we think it should, we start to blame the body or have a different relationship with the body, especially if one's in pain or, yeah. you know, you're not maybe as fast as you used to be or not recovering or just don't have that energy that you really want. And it's easy to have this other relationship with the body where we just don't um, feel like it's serving us in any way. But when we start to clear the noise, we actually start to see that it's actually working for us. It's trying to detoxify, it's trying to absorb what it can from the foods that you're eating, but if we're not providing it with what it needs, it can't respond appropriately. Yeah. And it's easy to blame someone else. Like I blamed you for my slow recovery um, with my, yeah. my hamstring pull because I'm like, hey, you see me in pain, 
why aren't you? So I'm supposed to do something. Why aren't about you? It. Why aren't you taking care of my hamstring? Right. Like when you were, when your knees were uncomfortable. Yeah. I was right there. I was up with you at right. night. I was rapid releasing. I releasing. specifically asked you. Exactly. That's what yeah. I wanted to bring up. So <laughs> we were we were sitting with our friends, and I was coming up with all sorts of excuses around why my 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 hamstring was taking so long to to recover, and and I was kind of like, well, Sonny hasn't done injections in a little while, like. You know, and I get so busy at night, and I, I think she's tired. Injections she, she ha he hasn't brought home. Exactly. <laughs> for me to actually exactly. do. <laughs> But I was coming up with all these excuses. Like, I was in pain. I couldn't see things more clearly. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have a scapegoat for my discomfort. And so I, I decided to put that on Sonia. And but our friends uh, lovingly called me out on that and said, well, you just had to ask her. Yeah. And, and you did it again this morning. Yeah, no, I know. I did do it again this morning. Um, so I've got some lessons to learn, uh, but I, what I want to bring up is like part of it is that we get so consumed with what's going on with us, and we, you know maybe we're we're trying to fix other people, we're trying to help other people. We spend I spend a good amount of my week, you know, taking care of others and, and yeah. paying attention to what what other people need for their healing. And sometimes when we're in that state, we don't give ourselves permission to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And that's an important thing to do, you know. I mean, you don't feel bad every time you ask me to get the rapid release out, massage the back, nope. do something on the glutes, or the legs, or what have you. And I enjoy it because it's like I get to be more connected to you physically, and I get to notice where you're you're hurt and help you, you know, help bring some attention. So my homework this week is going to be to to give her the tools. Right. And let's see what she kind of magic she can perform. Right. Because I'm going to actually ask for help. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we do. Like, I don't think, I think when we're stuck, when we're inflamed, when we're not feeling well, when our brain is, you know, maybe too much toxic burden, we get so isolated and, and sort of ego focused or self focused. Mm -hmm. um, and then we try to find reasons for why we're not feeling well. Mm -hmm. and, we, and we typically find excuses outside of us. For why that's happening so maybe yeah. it's a message to you to make sure that you you know ask for help if you need to yeah. yeah it's that relationship between the internal and the external when there's discomfort here we then create discomfort outside of us yeah. to match what's going on so imagine if we were to give ourselves what the body needs and clear the path I think it would clear the path on the outside too. It's like even clutter, right? When we're surrounded yeah. by clutter, the, the brain feels cluttered, the mind feels cluttered, and it's really hard to be present and focused. And how hard is it then for ourselves that are working overtime? So that feeling of overwhelm that we have in general when we're like rushing from one thing to the next and trying to do all the things, the body's feeling it too. So now our environments are matching and it becomes routine, it becomes familiar, it becomes just who we are. So we have to do so many like pattern disrupts. So that's like a big pattern disrupt of like, okay, instead of blaming her, I can just ask her yeah. for help. And exactly. we have to disrupt patterns in the body too. You got it? Yeah. Okay, amazing. Yeah. So that's my homework. Hopefully that'll be your homework for the week. Um, if you're enjoying this conversation and more like this, continue to, to follow us on this channel. And uh, if you want to dive deeper, you're so welcome to join us in our Health Ignited Club where we take conversations like this and really work, work it out in a community setting. And uh, so we'd love to have you there. And that's on drjensen.com. You can join the Health Ignited Club there. So uh, have a great week. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited Podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. 
You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.